one of the toughest Queen songs to sing along with. That is the number we are talking about today. Welcome, ladies and gents. This is Charlie Tate. You are listening to Tater Thoughts, and I am just about to go into another Queen deep dive today. I am talking about numbers from Queen's seventh album, Jazz. And today, this is a number that many know. So let's dive right into it. Of course, Jazz was released in 1978 and sees the guys going into a wide range of styles and sounds and expressions a little bit like the album before it, News of the World, but different in production, style, and sound. And I think a little less angry, generally speaking. But the guys are certainly celebrating life and having a good time. And this is a Freddie Mercury number, this track. This is track number four on the album Jazz. And this is dive number 71. Wow. When did we get to the 70s, you guys? It's pretty amazing. I got to do something huge when I hit 100, dive number 100. But right now, today, it's dive number 71. And this is, of course, a song that many people know. I think they subconsciously sing it sometimes. This is Bicycle Race. (laughs) And yet another number I cannot say the title of without giving it some sort of rhythm or singing it full on bicycle. (laughs) It's got to come out just like that. Or if we really want to have some fun, we could sing the end of that chorus before it goes into the bridge of the song that goes up really high, that falsetto, and then falls down on the tonic race. Anyway, we're going to talk all about this number today. And guys, seriously, this is one of the toughest Queen songs to sing. I dare you to sing this. In fact, sing it at karaoke. Just try. Because there are so many layers of harmonies in the chorus, it's difficult to find them and keep them consistent because the harmonies are very unpredictable. The arrangements are very unconventional. This is one of Queen's most complex numbers when it comes to arrangement. It's very short, three minutes long, but within that three minutes is packed so much energy, so much imagination and creativity We have enough to fill many, many, many other songs, but it's all slammed into this one, Bicycle Race. And yes, this is a Freddie Mercury composition on jazz. He is the, he's the member of the band here that gives us the most on this album. Brian has kind of dominated the last couple of albums or so, but Freddie is back in full force. And this is all funky, pop, rock, bluesiness. Many, many different styles of music to be enjoyed through this very brief but impressive number. And it was a single. Of course, I mentioned this previously when I talked about Fat Bottom Girls because this song, Bicycle Race, was the double A side with Fat Bottom Girls and was released October 13th of 78 in the UK and October 24th of 78 in the US. Yes, it was a double A side in both territories and charted 
at number 11 and number 24, respectively. So pretty well-performing song, all things considered. You know, not a top 10 single, but certainly very close in the UK and still a very nice presence on the stateside across the pond. I found two different tempos for this, I almost said this album, for this song. We have 83 and 168, and you'll notice that the 168 is pretty much the double time of 83. So I have a sneaking suspicion here that the section of the song that bursts into three, four time signature, three, four meter, that tempo is actually not included. And I should go back and and mark it myself, but uh, that'll be for another time. I'll do that on my own time. But yes, we're in two time signatures, four, four and three, four. And lots of keys. The impressiveness of the amount of keys. No shortage. After all, this is Freddie Mercury, darling. If you remember from earlier numbers, especially on Queen's first two albums, Freddie often sprinkled many a key into his compositions. It was kind of a normal thing for Freddie Mercury. So occasionally we still get numbers from him that are quite extravagant in that arena, giving us so much diversity. So we have A flat major, B flat minor, F major, C major, and D major. A lot of major happening, but I think that's what gives this song such a levity and an encouraging sound, a very happy, positive, cheerful sound. This is a fun song, as many songs on jazz are. And if it wasn't obvious, he wants to ride his bicycle. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's really what this is. The guys were... Okay, so here's the thing about where they were when Freddie was inspired to write this. Now, there's no disputing that the Tour de France raced through where the guys were staying, inspiring Freddie to write this. Apparently, he was wowed by the display of the Tour de France. So he decided to write a song about bicycles and riding his bicycle. And and when he went to the guys about this, he admitted it was kind of a silly idea, but he wanted to do it with that breakdown in the middle of all the bicycle bells. But there's a little bit of a Conflicting information when it comes to where they were. So I have the book, Queen As It Began, right? I love this book. It's a wonderful resource. It's highly, highly factual and correct because it was written by two people who were either very, very close to the boys or extremely well-versed in their history. And in that book, it says that the guys were in Nice in France. In recording at Super Bear, at the, and they were at their hotel when the Tour de France went by. But I've also seen that apparently they were in Montreux in Switzerland. That's what Roger himself has said. In fact, I just watched an interview with him, much more recent. It's from 2005, I think. And he specifically said that they were in Switzerland. I'm more inclined to believe those words coming from Roger. And I've actually read the reference of Montreux, Switzerland in other resources as well. So despite the fact that I very much rely on and trust the book, Queen, as it began, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to these other sources here, especially since Roger himself said Switzerland. I'm guessing it was Switzerland and not France when Freddie saw this race and was completely invigorated by it and had to write about it. 
So really that's all the song is about. But there's more to it than that. A lot of cheeky play on words here. And we're going to talk about that in more detail as we get into this fun, flying number. One of the most playful, creative, and fun things we ever get from Freddie and the boys. And definitely one of the toughest to sing along with. We're thrust into this yet another dizzying display on this album of vocals and piano effervescent rhythms. I don't know if I've ever used that word before for Queen, but it seems very appropriate. Double entendres and cheeky phrases, multiple key changes, meter changes, and an interlude of bicycle bells that circle Queen's trademark layered wall of vocals and lyrical guitar riffs, aggressive guitars. Thank you, Brian. This is surprising. It's electrifying. Absolutely. Driving, giddy, delightful. The arrangement of this song seems effortless and free and catchy, but undoubtedly it's probably one of the most carefully crafted and intentional numbers from the boys. I think the guys are always intentional. I think there's always a goal. I think there's always a motivation, you know, but what I mean here is there's a lot of structure around what sounds like a very flippant throwaway, just kickback, doesn't have any structure kind of a track. And in fact, when you consider other major rock, pop, radio-ready compositions from many bands, I think this song stands out as this feat in cohesive sound and arrangement. It may even contain more complex moves and details than other Queen numbers twice its length when you compare to other earlier songs from the guys. It follows a cyclic form, but the variations are endless in almost every phrase. And throughout this complex number, the vocals are immaculate. Freddie's lead and his lead vocals and piano playing are intricate and strong. Brian's guitar totally jives and jams, rocks out. John ties it all together with staccato moments on his bass and very punchy lines that glide and dominate. And Roger's percussion crashes and surprises in perfect form. So as far as structure, this is incredibly impressive. Just listening to this song off of manuscript paper, you know, if you, if you listen to the score of it, which you can find online and hear snippets, a lot of times you have to buy a score in its entirety, but sometimes you can listen to the first minute of it or so for free. This is ridiculous where it goes in chords and keys. Amazing. This song was performed 78 times all in 1978 and 1979, probably because this was extremely difficult to pull off live, even more than the challenging Somebody to Love, which actually comes across, I think, even more energized on stage and has a new life on stage, Somebody to Love. Or maybe, maybe I shouldn't say this, maybe it wasn't difficult to pull off live, but it feels like something's missing when this is performed live. So many layers of vocals and key changes and the rhythm shifts that easily, I think it kind of takes us out of the live performance. In fact, I've yet to find a live recording of this that is really, really well done, honestly. And I'm not saying the guys aren't on top of it. 
they're just as in it as any other song. They're just as devoted to and dedicated to a good performance. But it almost feels lackadaisical or lackluster somehow. I can't describe how this comes across live to me. The call and response vocals of the verses seem sometimes rushed, a little bit, a little bit lacking. Again, there's that word, lacking. Not as spirited, I suppose. It's really odd. But somehow the energy of the guys was always great. And usually this was done as part of a medley. And in doing so, they never played the whole song. So you had Killer Queen, Bicycle Race, I'm in Love With My Car as this medley. And each of the songs was a snippet of itself. That was often the flow. And I think because of the shifting this song requires for its arrangement, it just loses a little something on, on the stage. Audiences generally seem to enjoy it. But something about it feels less innate live. You know, it doesn't have the same kind of energy other songs do. Maybe it's the style of play. You know, this is a little bit jazzier, poppier. But still, the guys do persist with lots of gusto, intention. You can tell the boys are giving it their all. But something about this doesn't have the same fire as other numbers. So I think it was a wise decision to put this in as a medley, as part of a medley, it keeps the energy of the song intact, but it also means the guys don't have to perform the whole thing so they can have a little bit more levity and fun with it. I don't know. But when I listened to this live, and I think the first time I heard it live was when I listened to Live Killers, and I've since dug into and tried to find other live performances. When I listen to it live, I just don't feel as roused or inspired as other numbers. And I, I think this is partially my preference for their harder, edgier songs. I mean, by and large, I love their, their earlier material more. And I also love their earlier performances more simply because we have more hard rock. But here, I'm not saying this is bad by all means. So that's why I probably should never have said or assumed it was difficult to perform live. And that, yeah, it's just oh, this is just throwaway. No, that's not what I'm saying. It just doesn't have the same fire behind it. That's all. Even if the guys perform it well and are on cue and on time, etc. I don't know. It loses a little bit of that spirit somehow. But again, you have a song that is incredibly intricate with its vocal harmonies, the shifting of the keys, the shifting of the energy, there is a massive, surprising change of tone entirely as we go into the bridge. It doesn't just change meter. The whole feel of it is different. And certainly, if any band could do that on the fly, within a second on stage, shifting from one tone to another, Queen could do it. And they do it well, and they do it accurately. But the same spirit's just missing to me. That's all. I still love the song, though. It's still a classic Freddie number. It still has that attitude and atmosphere that we would expect coming from Mr. Mercury. The playfulness of it is totally realized. And I have quite a few fun facts about Bicycle Race. The song references the band's own song, Fat Bottom Girls, with the lyric, Fat Bottom Girls, they'll be riding today. And Fat Bottom Girls reciprocates referencing this song with the lyric, get on your bikes and ride. So, yes, yet another reason these songs were together 
as a double A side on the single. It's a nice little nod to each other. 65 naked ladies rode bicycles in Wimbledon Stadium for promotional video for this song. And a poster shot from the video shoot was included in pressings of the album Jazz. I don't think I mentioned this little bit here that Halford Cycles, who donated the use of these bicycles for this shoot, demanded to be compensated to replace all of the bicycle saddles after the shoot. I mean, the ladies were naked. I can't say I blame them, but I think that was an unforeseen expense (laughs) coming out of the band's pocket in addition to whatever else they would have paid for to make the shoot happen. And a shot of the backside of the winning lady of the race was used as the cover of the double A side single, though black panties, and I've also seen pink panties, were painted on to appease many retailers who were a little bit nervous about selling a single with a naked backside on it. Now, at the Madison Square Garden performance during the jazz tour, naked and or scantily clad ladies rode bikes around the stage, ringing their bells. And also, a separate note, After this same show, the Garden presented Queen with golden tickets to commemorate ticket sales in excess of 100,000 at the venue, which was quite a notable, celebrated thing. And supposedly, wherever Queen played a show during this tour, bicycle shops sold out of bells that were bought by fans who brought them to the show to ring them during this song. The dedication, the devotion of the fans. I love it. And lastly, at the conclusion of the jazz tour, at the end of tour party, the guys were all presented with silver statuettes of naked ladies on bicycles to celebrate their amazing tour. I think this was, what did I say? Their tour with the most shows on it at that point. So that's, that is a lot to get through. And aside from the initial shows, which I think were unfortunately marked by a vocal performance from Freddie, which was lacking simply because they had finished recording this album and immediately jumped on the road to do the tour. No time to rest, no time to cool to recuperate. I think generally speaking, the performances on this tour were very, very good, fantastic, etc. And you can hear that on the Live Killers album. And that's why they recorded every single show on this tour too. What a massive undertaking. Seriously. Amazing to capture all of those performances. Now on brianmay.com, Years ago, Brian answered a question about whether or not Freddie really didn't like Star Wars as it is saying in the song. And Brian's response was, quote, as I remember, Freddie liked Star Wars a lot and he actually wasn't very keen on riding his bicycle if he even had one. He preferred being driven in a Rolls Royce. But he created a character in this song, and this character can say what he wants, and he can ride his bicycle where he likes, unquote. Now, to add about Star Wars, Freddie would ride Darth Vader's shoulders at some shows. 1980, there are many photos of Freddie Mercury sitting atop Darth Vader's shoulders wearing shorts. (laughs) Those are some of the most, I think, loved concert shots show shots 
of Freddie Mercury. It's fantastic. I have some critics' comments, of course, and I've got this gem right here, which I actually got from the Queen As It Began book. Quote, Queen loathe the music press. They deserve all the vitriol that may be further hurled at them if this is an accurate preview of the new album. Unquote. And NME wrote that after they heard the double A single, Bicycle Race, Fat Bottom Girls. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, some of the press were hard on this. Not surprising, especially given this point in time. I've talked about it before that the press were, they like to take digs at Queen because Queen didn't need them for their success. And so the press loved to dig at them. They loved it. But fans loved and still love this for its complex vocal arrangement. Seriously, one of the toughest Queen songs to get it right. But it's interesting. While this song is on greatest hits compilations, it's well known by both hardcore fans, casual hit fans, it's not considered one of the guy's better songs. Generally speaking, when I see comments about this, people will say, oh, I think this is very, it's very fun, it's great, but they don't talk about it like they truly love it. You know, the same, the same romantic love people have for a lot of Queen songs, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that, it's not here as much. The song is considered clever, yes, interesting and quirky, yes, whimsical, yes, but because Maybe because it lacks emotional validity and more heart. I think it loses some fans. Freddie clearly, as the writer here, is having fun. He's having fun, all the play on words, etc. But people do read a lot into this, too. They wonder if it's some sort of personal statement from our front man about lifestyle and living on your own terms, perhaps even sexuality, etc. You know, I want to ride my bicycle, I want to ride my bike, I want to ride my bicycle, I want to ride it where I like. You know, does that have an underlying meaning that's more serious? Maybe it does. Honestly, though, you guys, I think Freddie is just having fun here. And we should too. But it's interesting to see the comments from people that talk about that. Oh, you know, maybe there's a secret message hidden in there. Everything has to have a secret message. You know what I mean? Like Bohemian Rhapsody. I talked about that at length and how so many stories behind what that may be about. Perhaps we'll never know. This is just a fun number, regardless of whether it's all surface or there's a lot more deep down underneath. And right now I'm gonna dive into the very detailed breakdown of this song. And this is gonna be extensive because as I said, there's a lot happening here. It's a three minute song packed with a punch, acapella. Power chord vocals, yes. Stereo all around, all encompassing. Bicycle. This is like a throwback to Queen's earlier numbers that leave such a strong impression vocally. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. It's so hard. The harmonies, the notes are hard. And immediately, we're hit with chords that are anything but familiar. Five-part harmonies with some remaining static and constant and others falling chromatically down half steps, which make for a very rousing and challenging performance. Seriously, try singing these middle harmonies. It's hard. 
A base glissando, hello, John. Freddy, casual and relaxed. I want to ride my... And on his piano as well, he's jumping and poppy and fun, so catchy. And Roger appears on his drums, pounding on the toms and accenting the vocals, which dive in again, bombastic and crazy. The tonality here is even trickier to decipher. And if the first set of harmonies was tough, this is even tougher, weirder, more complex, surprising. But as we dip into the second part of the chorus, which is so melodic, the bass lines, the glittering piano that whirls almost in unison with Freddie's playful delivery, the sparkling cymbals, and that interval from Freddie on that last, I want to ride my bicycle. A subtle reverb there, fun. With a hit of a snare, we transition into the verse with a key change. You say black, I say white. You say bark, I say bite. Thus begins the back and forth, the conversations back and forth, the play on words, the cheek, the sass, the assertiveness. Lots of offbeat accents from both the bass and the drums happening. This is so theatrical, very Freddy in that way. Kind of reminds me a little bit of his vaudeville numbers from before. Just a touch. Obviously very different in expression and tone, but there's something about this that brings to mind those earlier numbers. And then this gem here. Jaws was never my scene and I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> Not actually true, as we already noted. Seventh chords and accidentals provide a lot of color and interest to these chord progressions, and it's what gives it that exaggerated and playful feel. All I want to do is bicycle. What's so funny about this? It doesn't really sound like the guy's singing. It sounds more American or unified in tone. And what I mean by that is I can't make out vocal characteristics of each of the boys. So it's a strange sensation. Usually I can hear it when it's Brian in those harmonies. I can hear it where it's Freddie. I can hear Roger, but here it's very unified. This chorus has some wonderful additional notes on the piano, the second chorus, and the percussion gets notably heavier into the second phrase, along with some interesting lower vocal harmonies. John's grooving on his bass, rolling along literally. Brian starts digging in toward the end of the second phrase. And as the chorus winds down, we have that lovely falsetto from Freddie. I want to ride my bicycle. Accented with that charming symbol. And is that triangle? but it's not soft for long. We suddenly pivot into the bridge, probably my favorite part of the song. Bicycle races are coming your way. Rich four-part harmonies. Three, four meter, slower tempo, almost soulfulness. It brings to mind Fat Bottom Girls somehow. And it's not just because there's that nod in lyric to the previous number. This section feels almost entirely different than the rest of the song. The rest of that get up and go vibe. It's heavier, pulling, weighted beats, power chords on the guitar, jazzy piano. And there it is, fat bottom girls they'll be riding today. So look out for those beauties. Oh yeah. The syncopation. You have to listen to the drums and guitars to keep that rhythm. On your marks, get set, go. 
the guitars and that fanfare, the triplets on the drums, the enthusiasm and the energy here. So many phrases that shift and turn, chord changes we don't expect, but it's effortless coming from the guys. Bicycle race, bicycle race, bicycle race. The panning of the vocals there with the bys on the left and the cycle race on the right, genius. And the buildup and crescendo it creates against the pounding guitars, bass and piano is perfection. Then that little wind up again into the chorus for another round, my favorite round at that. The vocal harmonies, the way we build into that slowdown as though we're literally rolling into a stop before we begin the race. The vocal harmonies here with all that falsetto and reverb take me back to In the Lap of the Gods or Somebody to Love and enter our bicycle bell extravaganza. All four of the boys ringing the bells, multiple pitches, some slightly out of tune, Gives us a very authentic cinematic quality. Brian thrills us with a guitar trill. And suddenly the piano, it's dancing frantically. It sounds like some sort of ragtime thing here. The drums are driving. Brian flies up the scales. The intensity rises as segments become smaller with Brian playing more fragments of chords. A feeling of suspension as guitar harmonies layer. Drums and dampen cymbals crash. And then Freddie, hey, the last verse. I don't want to be a candidate for Vietnam Watergate because all I want to do is. The only thing dated about this song, the only thing dated about it is the cultural, pop culture references. We have a lot of references to political things of the time. Obviously, we had Star Wars, Jaws. You know, that dates the song. But everything else about this feels pretty fresh and vibrant, even now. The guitar is grittier, louder in this verse than in the last chorus. Heavier, louder, enthusiastic as ever. I want to ride it where I like. Twinkle cymbal. Have I ever talked about Roger's cymbals twinkling? Because that's what they do. (laughs) Anyway, yes, it pounds through, shifts On the heel, we have no idea where we're going. The guys take us all over the place. And then suddenly this just winds down and Freddie sings us that falsetto and it's glittering and it's fun and it's cute. Yes, the ending is cute. Twinkle symbol. This really is a fun song. Every time I listen to it, when I'm out and about, I'm in my car, wherever, whenever, this always surprises me that I enjoy it every single time. And because it's so brief, it takes us on this ride. It's like a roller coaster, this song. Bicycle race is a roller coaster of a race. That's all it is. It's fantastic. It's great. But anyway, that is bicycle race. Go check out a live performance of it. I'm curious to know if you guys think the same thing I do, that live, this just seemed to lack something. And that's not the first time I've thought that about a live performance. There's been a few songs that when I hear them in a live setting, even though the guys, generally speaking, that's where they thrived on a stage, they don't translate as well. But it's still nice to have that iteration. It's nice to have that performance from the guys to have bicycle race. Bicycle. Those harmonies, seriously, look at them on a sheet of music and tell me they aren't crazy and amazingly done those vocal harmonies. All right, guys, 
That is it. Bicycle race. We're into the 70s in our dives now. I cannot believe it. I'll be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. I'm going to go kick it myself and see if I can do something productive with my day. I've been doing PT for my back. And every day I do my exercises. Got to get back to running though. That is still on my list. Okay, guys. I'll talk to you later, as always.